0: Think, think. Woo! Think did. All right. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Project Freelance. I am here with Justin. But hey. before we get into that, before we talk to you, this episode is brought to you by Honey. If you guys are doing things for your shopping season, check out Honey. You can get discounts on pretty much anything and everything you could think of buying online, whether it be camera gear or if it's gift cards or if it's concert tickets. You can get discounts. Use Honey all the all the details are down in the description check it out and uh other than that there's a lot of links for things like things that you might need help with adulting, such as tracking your mileage, keeping up with your expenses, saving certain things, lowering your bills. And if you're a filmmaker or a photographer, we have a bunch of deals down there for you as well. You can sell your your Adobe stock footage. You can make money off of your photos, guys. It's amazing. It's absolutely incredible. Check out all that stuff down there. And uh, let's get into this episode. We are going to be talking with Justin Conant. He is a firmer merchandise manager. Take it away. Tell us about yourself, how you got into (laughs) music, and uh, all the things and stuff.
1: How I got into music? Or how I got into the music industry? Everything. Oh, God. The music industry was... Everyone kind of finds their own path into it. Sometimes it's through family. Sometimes it's through friends. And in my experience, uh, some of the more difficult paths are starting without any influences or affiliations and trying to find your way through this what seems to be like (laughs) impenetrable force of family and friends and uh you know all of that but for me the story is uh kind of more fan based um so for a few months i would attend a bunch of jumpsuit shows and uh eventually befriended who is them.
0: jumpsuit people don't know what that oh <laughs> so <laughs> only you and i know what jumpsuit oh, is
1: there's this band called um the red jumpsuit apparatus from uh middleburg florida um it's a very small town outside of jacksonville a nice little kind of fishing kind of boating kind of backwoods kind of redneck town it's pretty great i lived there briefly for about four years um But uh, while I was living in Pennsylvania, they were doing a lot of tours in the Northeast, um, and this was in 2011, and they would play shows in like New York, Pennsylvania, Ohio, um, D.C., North and South Carolina, um, Vermont, uh, Rhode Island, and Massachusetts. And I would attend just about every single show I could go to (laughs) while, while they were on tour in that area. Um, and eventually just kind of befriended the guys, you know, you befriend the, uh, the tour manager and and the guys in the band. And it was super cool. Um, I really enjoyed hanging out with them and, uh, all, all the while I would always bring, um, my camera with me. So I always like had an interest in photography, um, but never really took it seriously. Um, but what I started doing was after every show, I would just give them my photos and say, you know, hey, here's, you know, thanks for guest listing me for the show. Here's, you know, my, my essential entry fee. You know, this is uh, my <laughs> inexperienced version of, you know, taking photos. And they, they knew that the things you couldn't teach were there. So I had what they call the eye, um, but I just needed to upgrade my gear. And so I was just working at a restaurant at the time in Pennsylvania and saved up a bunch of money and bought a brand new camera now this was back when nikon first started experimenting with the mirrorless stuff so i bought the nikon uh, j1 series and i took i had like three kit lenses which were really great um one like 10 millimeter pancake and then two zooms one was like a like a 30 to 50 and the other was like a like a 70 to 120 or something like that how much was the kit the well I think the whole camera for everything was like
0: around $700,
1: something like that. Wow. Yeah. Six or 700 somewhere in that neighborhood. But I bought like extra batteries and I had all these filters for the lenses. And all the while I was still teaching myself about like ISO and, (laughs) you know, like all of that's all the inner workings of trying to shoot manual. Um, and I would keep going to these shows and keep getting practice, essentially. I would, I would constantly go to shows in low, low light and learn how to take a better picture with those limitations. And they started to notice and, and really enjoyed what became an evolution of, of my photographs. Um, so I started getting this idea in my head where I kind of wanted to do this for a living, and, uh, or at least try, you know, because I wasn't doing anything else. So I uh, reached out to um, the singer in the band and the tour manager and told them, like, hey, I have this idea. I kind of want to travel and take pictures. And uh, they were into the idea. They just needed to find a way to make it work. Um, So they had this guy doing merch for them at the time. um, And they had this other guy that was stage managing. And I think what happened was the stage manager decided to give up touring. And then the merch guy moved to stage managing. So they kind of had this opening in merch. Um, and before that, it was like uh, there was someone else doing merch and she, I guess, quit as well. Uh, so I kind of had this opening slot. So I kind of talked to uh, their tour manager, Jesse, for a little while. And I was like, I, I want to remember where this conversation happened. I'm pretty sure it was in Pittsburgh. I'm pretty sure we were at mr small's this really amazing theater not theater it's um it's this amazing um reconverted church uh okay. just outside of pittsburgh um and they turned it into a venue and it's it's one of my favorite rooms um but we were in the office upstairs and uh he was just kind of like hey man i've got this extra room in my house like if you're serious about moving and joining the road like it's all yours here's what it'll cost a month and uh you know, if you're serious, we'd love to have you. So I was like, holy shit, like that's, that's an offer. (laughs) So I told my job who I would always come back from these trips from the shows and just constantly talk about this band. And they're like, nobody cares about that band. Nobody cares about you or whatever. And I, I came to realize that that is just the attitude of people who either unsuccessfully chased their dreams or gave up way before even trying Mm -hmm. So what they do is they kind of surround themselves with this attitude that it just can't be done or they wish and they wish. Whereas a dream is just a wish with a deadline, Yep. you know? So I gave in my two weeks notice at the restaurant and (laughs) I was like, I'm moving to Florida. I'm packing up all my stuff and I'm just gonna go join the circus and (laughs) figure it out. So some of them believed me and others didn't. And, uh, what a big help in this and this is like kind of the part that a lot of people forget is people just think i just had money and up and went and i didn't i had like no money to my name (laughs) i was just really good at living beneath my means and budgeting well um but this was like a big move and it was going to cost me a lot of money so what i did was i sold an investment that i had for let's see i started playing this game in uh 1996 called magic the gathering and uh i had quite an extensive collection saved up so after 15 years of collecting cards i sold the entire collection like me and one of my best friends scott drove from pennsylvania down to star city games headquarters in (laughs) virginia with his (laughs) suv trunk full of i think it was like 40 binders something like that of cards um my friends used to call me the library because I just had, mm-hmm. you know, a place out of every card ever made. The last time I counted officially, I had lost count around a million cards, Holy something shit. like that. Yeah, so I sold that entire collection for eight thousand nine hundred dollars to Star wow. City Games. They cut me a check,
0: and they just bought them all flat.
1: Yeah, well, it wow. was um you can you can sell cards. There, the card trading like um uh like environment is is set up in a way where you can sell singles or you can sell collections or, you know, things like that. There's Mm -hmm. value in singles. There's more value in singles than there are in collections. But if you want to get rid of everything, it's just easier to sell things as a collection. So, like, for example, say um, there's an expansion called um, Tempest, you know, and the collection as a whole, there are some good cards in it that are what they call meta-relevant or you know, used popularly amongst professional players Mm. on the tour circuit. And those cards gain more value as they're used more and they become uh, more popular. Um, So there are cards in that set that are worth more than others and they're, you know, cards that are worth nothing. Yeah. But if you try to sell those cards worth nothing, you're A, not going to sell them because nobody wants them, and B, not going to make any money off of anything except for the, you know, bigger, more expensive cards in the set. So what I did was sell them as whole collections and some people collect that way they'll collect every card in the set yeah. in which i was one of those people sure you know but um the value the appraisal value of my collection i sold it for a third of its value
0: holy shit so wow because that's just what the rate was yeah, yeah it was quick that's great. And like, you didn't have to go like do all the research online of like exactly. every I didn't single have to, car. I had like... to do this
1: fast because yeah. I didn't have right. a very small window of time yeah. to go and do this.
0: Wow. So, so, what was it like mentally having to give that up? Like, you gave up your entire I life. I sold my childhood. Yeah. That's what it felt like. You I sold, sold your childhood, childhood. I, I, to
1: the I, devil. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say the devil. Well, to, I, I guess uh, to God <laughs> in, in Red Jumpsons sense. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, sold it, I sold it for an opportunity. Yeah. And um, man, what an adventure! Right, <laughs> I, I, it was worth every penny. Um, absolutely, I, I will forever say that because it really was a really fun, fun adventure. You know, and I mean, there's highs and there's lows and mm-hmm. everything in life, but in the end, it was all just really, really fantastic. Um, but yeah, so that value was like twenty, like $26,000, but I sold it for $8,900 because that's just how things work. Yeah. You know, when you sell things to pawn shops, it's mm-hmm. the same kind of thing because they have to resell thing. it. Yeah, exactly. You want resale value, and they know mm-hmm. they're not going to get anything out of those commons mm-hmm. and uncommons, but the rares will sell and the other stuff like that. Um, so I don't regret selling the cards. Um, I do regret maybe potentially not holding on to some of the more valuable stuff because years later I found out that they're worth almost triple what I sold them for. Holy shit. Yeah. Wow. So, um.
0: But I mean, how could you have known?
1: Oh, I mean, the market was constantly growing, you know? And the thing with things like those is that the older the game becomes, the rarer, there's only a finite number of those original printed cards. So.
0: Dude, we have, we have a storage unit in Oklahoma City and there's Pokemon cards in there from like, Fucking the beginning of Pokemon,
1: dude. Yeah, if you if you've got like first edition base oh, set yeah. mint condition Charizards, I've seen those sold up for like anywhere between three and like seven thousand dollars. One fucking card. Why? Wow. <laughs> like there's there are there are it's professional a piece of paper. there are professional minting, um, agencies that go out there and and grade Um, your cards yeah you can ship them in and they will put on the white gloves and check the bend and check the corners and that'd be a cool video
0: to do yeah
1: um fascinating it's really extremely fascinating. hey if any (laughs) of you
0: out there appraise cards or anything really for a living it'd be kind of a cool podcast episode yeah it's it's
1: really really cool because they can tell like there it's just like money or art yeah. you can tell if it's fake there mm-hmm. are professionals that get paid to to know this kind of information you know crazy. they know the the the, the cardstock that was used they know the foil that is used they know the the, the right down to the measurement of the the numbered ink that they used and wow. and which printings had more and less ink and stuff like it's really That's intricate crazy. so they can tell what's counterfeit and not but luckily wow. all of my all of my cards were purchased through wizards of the coast which is the company mm. that prints the game and they were all hand opened by me right. via booster packs you know so just about every card was in mint condition, with the exception of friends who had quit over the years and gave me their right, collections. Yeah. You know, um, so yeah, selling that and then driving—what was it, like a thousand miles away <laughs> from anything and everything I had ever known—to this tiny little town in Florida to, like, what? To live in a trailer <laughs> with a in guy. A van? To live in a van with a band, <laughs> with a bunch of dudes. <laughs> so I, I quit and I move and I do this drive and I move in and was welcomed with open arms and uh, I get down there and everybody's super stoked um, but I wound up they um, they were finishing up a tour I don't remember where it was but I wound up having to be home for like like a, like a month or two or something like that I think it was like two months Damn. before I was able to join so I had enough money saved up from that sale that I could live off of that until they got back because they were like in the middle of the tour mm-hmm. you know and when they got back um, they were like okay you know we've got a spot for you here we go (laughs) (laughs) you know so they they taught me the ropes they're like okay well um, basically your job is going to be uh, merch merchandise management and we will teach you the best ways to sell and how to keep track and um, you know how to do all of your (sighs) I had these like spreadsheets to like write out all the the amount made and everything like that so it's 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 a, certainly a learning curve, you know. It's not all fun and games. People always have this glorified vision. Yeah. I'm sure you've dealt with this a million times too. Of like, oh, being on tour is the greatest thing ever. But I, my favorite, it's a like, job. Yeah, My favorite tour quote is, um, "Touring is is the what is it? The way to see the world, but never actually see anything. Yeah, or, or to be. That's what it is. To be everywhere, but never actually see anything. Yeah, because to go you're to only your favorite
0: places and never be able to see exactly. It. Yeah, because.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I probably toured through San Francisco about six times before I finally saw the Golden Gate Bridge and had time to go down there. Because it's just, you. your job starts when you wake up and your job ends when you go to sleep. No, your
0: job ends when you die <laughs> yeah. at the end of the night.
1: You know, so it's, it's extremely difficult to be mm-hmm. on the road. You know, especially, I was with what I would call a like a mid-level band. Yeah. You know, they weren't beginners by any means. They were seasoned veterans. They had been around the block. They had been on the top of the top and they figured out a way to make it work on their own, mm-hmm. which I'm extremely proud of. They've been independent for like five or six years now. Mo- I think it's almost more than that. It might be up to seven now, Damn. but fully independent, still doing world tours. So, like they're about to play in Hawaii and I'm going to go out and fly out there and see them. They don't even know I'm coming, but <laughs> <laughs> I have some buddies over there in a band called Beware the Bear. They're, this is like their return show. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I wow. get to go visit them and see them. It's it's nice to always catch up with them. But, yeah, learning on the road was really, really hard because you have no frame of reference as to what it's going to be like. You're tired all the time, you know, from either driving or working. Or and it's like you don't, stuff. it's not
0: even like a kind of tired you yeah. feel. Yeah. You just are. You just tired. always are.
1: And just then tired. You want to make time to see friends when you come through their town. But yeah. the only thing I would tell them is like, listen, load-ins at this time. Mm-hmm. If you want to get lunch, I might have 20 minutes. Yeah. Know? Literally. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm going to be working. Like people forget that you're working full time. You mm-hmm. know, like you're constantly busy loading some gear or having yeah. to drive or having to figure out, you know. Or go
0: sp- run to Guitar Center. Yeah. Or- or- Got to run
1: to Guitar Center to pick up supplies. Yeah. Got to run and get food because they don't have time. Got to, yeah. you know, like – Things like that, you're you're constantly on call mm-hmm. for anything and everything that could possibly go wrong or right, you know. Um, so it a lot of people can't hack. A lot of people can't handle it because it's a lot of stress, yeah, you know. But uh I was blessed with patience, <laughs> so <laughs> it was it was I was able to work it out, you know. But it was really really fun. I liked it a lot. It was cool, and I got to see the world. They took me to. Forty-nine out of fifty states, and I just checked off my fiftieth and last. Damn it! <laughs> Don't worry, we'll go. We'll, we'll go. get there. We'll, we'll make get it. there. So now I've been to fifty states. All and 17 fifty states.
0: Are you gonna get a United America tattoo,
1: dude? I I'm not kidding. I I almost got a tattoo while I was up there, and I just should have got, went got out that bald eagle, bro. You know, I should have. have been that so, would have been a good idea. so American. The, the bald eagle. That's a good idea. You got to get it next that. time you go back. I might do that. Get a little eagle. Yeah. That would be clutch. Yeah. I like that idea. It fit
0: in that. with your collecting animals. Yeah, I kind of started and never thing. intended it to be animals, right? but yeah. it wound up being sharks, animals. fish, turtles. Yep. Stitch. Koalas. <laughs> Koalas. Owls. Owls. Lion. Yeah, literally, like yeah. <laughs> all, it's all the al- animals.
1: I have a bat. <laughs>
0: like it's all animals.
1: <laughs> I'm a walking totem pole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: my god. Um, talk about that. Yeah, getting tattooed on tour, like. First of all, the process of getting tattooed on tour.
1: Oh, some. Whether you get
0: a good or bad artist on tour. Some are
1: great and some are bad. (laughs) (laughs) But I here's the thing about my tattoos: is all of them have stories, so I'll never regret a single one, which I'm really proud of. Um, Getting tattooed on tour, depending on the placement, can either suck or rule. Yeah. So, like, I got my dare tattoo in my first time in L.A. because that's where um,
0: Los Angeles County
1: is where the the program program was founded. Um, so I got it on Sunset there, right across the street from, um, oh gosh, what's that venue there? Roxy. No, not Roxy. The, it's down the street from Roxy, but it's across uh, the street from, uh, what's that smaller one? Uh, the whiskey. No. Across the street. You're the on. Viper that, Room. That one. Across the Viper Room. Viper Room. room. Across yeah. from the Viper Room. Yeah. yeah. There's a tattoo shop there. I got it there.
0: Oh um, yeah, totally. I yeah. That was. little shop there. Yep.
1: And, uh, that was really cool. Um, and it's a knuckle tattoo, so <laughs> I stupidly got a knuckle tattoo on tour when I'm, like, lifting boxes every day. So as it started to heal and scab up, like, I remember tearing one of the scabs completely out. Oh, and no. so the color remained, but there's this, like, ditch in the A. Like, a chunk on my skin. But, like, I got my first trip to Hawaii. I got a turtle on my back. Um, but then that was fine. But the only concern was we it was summertime. Mm. And immediately after Hawaii, we went to Southeast Asia. Um so I was like constantly sweating. concerned with it getting rubbed up against something yeah. it like in a you know, train or some a dirty taxi ass place or yeah. like a wall or something. So I was constantly concerned with it getting rubbed up against it. but I could only wear a tank top cause it's so, so hot. So hot. Yeah. yeah. And just humid. So like you have to worry about infections. It thank God I've never had any of my tattoos infected. Yeah. Um but it is really fun to like, you know, just kind of look down at my skin and see all these memories that I have from the road, you know. Exactly. I have my thumbs are from my first and second trip to Australia. This, the, my, this that was the one that started it was the the matching tattoo yeah. of the jumpsuit logo, which became my logo for my band photos. Um, we all got matching tattoos that day in North Carolina, in a in a town called Jacksonville, North Carolina.
0: That's cool. Yeah, which was That's really really cool. Really cool. Wow. So like
1: each one has these really really fun intricate stories that I'll I'll always. You know, I'll always have.
0: And if you ever get Alzheimer's, we can just yeah, tell you your own stories <laughs> from, your, from your totem pole body. <laughs> uh,
1: just memento me. Right? I think, honestly, I think one of my favorite ones has to be the Africa one. Yeah. Because we were only in Africa for four days. And uh, I jumped off of this uh, this mountain called Lion's Head. And I got a tattoo to commemorate that. It's like this, this lion's um, face and the, the mountain and the, a little, like, parasailer. <laughs> it's pretty cool. I was really really stoked about that one.
0: Yeah, it's very cool. Um, So fast forward to when did we meet? 2013. Was it
1: 2013? I think so. That sounds right.
0: Yeah. So I was living in Australia. Five years ago. Yeah. No.
1: Yeah. That's stupid. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) We've known each other since birth.
0: All right. So yeah, I was living in Australia, and I heard that jumpsuit was coming through, and I'm a huge Red jumpsuit fan. Always have been. Went to their shows growing up. Well, yeah, you always
1: like. Like, you and your dad had gone. Me and my dad bond. had always yeah, gone. Yeah. Like,
0: we loved Red Jumpsuit. So, yeah. they were coming through, and some friends of mine were opening for them, and they were like, hey, can you come shoot our show? And I was like, hell yeah. Uh, hell What's yeah. What's the name
1: of that band? I remember Uh, Emberville. Emberville, yes. Emberville. I remember them.
0: So, yeah, we went, shot the show, and I saw Justin behind the merch table, and he had a dare tattoo on his like, on his knuckles? No, before the,
1: before you well, noticed the oh, tattoo. Oh, it was the flip cam. It was cam. the flip cam. He had a had flip, flip cam. Because
0: <laughs> I had been making YouTube videos, and I had been watching, like, Charles Trippy and the Shaytards, and they all used the flip cam. Yeah. And I saw he had one, I was like, oh, do you make YouTube
1: videos? And I was like, yeah, I make YouTube videos for the band. And I had no idea this little girl was, like, hot shit on YouTube. She's like, oh, i do too. And you gave me your business card. Yeah. And then you noticed that I had the dare tattoo, and you are like, oh. That's cool. I was, you were like, why'd you get that? I was like, I'm straight edge. And they were like, ah, me too. That was then. but That was then. This you know? is now. But it was still, we were like, oh, did we just become best friends? And then... And click. I, it was... I, I owe it all to Snapchat. Yeah. Because we would Snapchat. constantly snap each other back Snapchat and forth. Snapchat was our
0: way of communicating. Yeah. Because paying for texting is ridiculous. So yeah. Snapchat was our way of communicating when I lived over there. And then I moved out here. And then in...
1: You moved to Oklahoma.
0: I moved to, well, I moved to, I stopped there. I paused there.
1: Yeah. So I went to Oklahoma
0: and then came out here to California. And four days after I came out here, I flew to Ohio to go on tour with this band. (laughs) I remember
1: this band. Oh my God. So.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You can't just.
1: This is the perfect example of everything that can and will yeah. go wrong with this So
0: band. if you've never been on tour, you have to at least one time do a van tour. Yeah. And if it's not your first tour, you're the luckiest person in the yeah. world. <laughs>
1: like Bryce's first tour was a European yeah, bus, bus tour. Yeah, bus tour. Fuck like, you. fuck you. I love you, Bryce. You earned love everything. Love you, dude. you the you're best. That's <laughs> what you do. Keep, keep trucking. It. Keep killing, killing it, bro. Killing it.
0: Goddamn. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm on tour having a miserable time. <laughs> It's winter. Cooking
1: ramen in the We're the
0: cooking ramen in the floorboard <laughs> Wait, because rewind. our van caught on fire. The heat like, shield of the, the van The heat shield of the van gone. had no so cover. Continuously so continuously
1: overheated.
0: We're just on fire. <laughs> it's great. It's <laughs> fucking great. I'm vlogging the whole thing. There's like vlogs yeah, of this whole everything happening, vlogs about right? you
1: guys trying to boil ramen in the like little holes. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was so hot. So it was boiling water. We had
0: holes in our socks. It was great. Oh God. God. And this is my first experience on tour. <laughs> and but thank god there was a girl in the band you know like if there hadn't been if it had just been a bunch of guys well i mean having a girl in the band was like it ended up ending the band you know the the relationship ended up destroying the band but it was like a saving grace that she was there seriously you know so justin was on tour and i was on tour right oh that's right i forgot about this yeah Yeah. and i was so pissed i've had like had it with this i was like i'm fucking over shit. and he's like you'll be fine you'll survive and yeah, i was like yeah. dude we were like kind of crossing paths kind of yeah we were on the same path you
1: guys were headed south we were headed yeah. north
0: and so we were like okay we got to see if we can coordinate it so we can get our bands to stop at the same yeah. gas station just so we can see each other
1: <laughs> yeah i worked it out with randy uh, the guitar player of the band who's the the singer's older brother and uh he was like oh yeah it'd be cool to like meet up that'd be dope so we found this like random gas station we got there like 10 minutes before you yep. did and then you showed up 10 minutes later i was like oh it was like, amazing. it's was we get to meet at this random ass gas station in the middle of nowhere like tennessee or something it's the
0: little things guys that
1: was i still love that video
0: it's the little things man
1: yeah that was pretty cool
0: so yeah that having some like knowing somebody else that was on tour really helped in that aspect so if you are a touring person or if you're thinking about it you should definitely talk to other people that tour
1: yeah i mean it's it's a giant family dude everybody knows everybody and that's what i love about this industry is that everyone for the most part is pretty giving and and really wonderful and generous and just fantastic you haven't seen these people in months they come through town you know you get to hang out. It's like, it's you pick up right where you left off. Yeah, you know, and and I, I, I mean, it, it is easy to say that about touring people, but like it's just people who travel in mm-hmm. general. I think that's just the general consensus of people who travel. Yeah, you know, is that anytime you go somewhere, I call it making my rounds. Mm-hmm. You know, so like I I, I just got back from Alaska and I'm going to Hawaii and then I have to go to Pennsylvania and then Florida. But like all these people that I've made friends with while touring this country and many others they're all like come back come and visit yeah. and, it, and for the most part people are like oh i'll never see you again but like i do my best to get back out there and, yeah. and you know go hang again you know what i mean
0: yeah and that's like, the cool thing about touring is that we do build friendships all over the world like yeah. that so like if you if you end up like stranded like you miss your flight or whatever and you're in like <laughs> chicago Th-
1: that actually happened to me people will come fucking that pick you actually up, happened dude. to me I Great. booked a flight back from, oh gosh, I don't remember where. I just remember being laid over in Seattle mm. for way longer than I thought.
0: Which there's nothing wrong with being laid over in Seattle I know. ever.
1: Oh no, wait, no, it might not have been Seattle. It might have been Portland. Yeah. I think oh. it was Portland. Yeah, I was laid sad. over in Portland for what I thought was only going to be like four hours and it turns out it was 24 hours and I would just randomly put a Facebook blast like, do I know anyone in Portland? Mm. And a friend of mine reached out and she was like, yeah, come crash with us. Like, yeah. you're more than welcome. Like, we'll, you know, pick you up from the airport and the couch is all yours and, and take you back. I was like, yo, that's what's up. And yeah. you know what? The, the, I would do the same thing for them. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I love about my touring friends. If anyone ever needs like a couch to stay at or, uh, yeah. you know, just needs to refuel or, you know, if they need a ride to and from a venue more than willing. Yeah, if they uh, need to like there, go
0: to GameStop to get a yeah, game for new their game, Switch or yeah, whatever. Like, yeah, I did whatever that recently. They
1: need, you know, uh, more than willing to go back out, you know. And I sometimes I'll, I've been doing this lately is that I'll uh I'll get like um, socks um,
0: Yeah.
1: sometimes I'll get like extra pairs of underwear, Just a little like, care package little care package things like that, um sunscreen, mm-hmm. um uh, Tylenol, you know, yeah. like little things that you almost forget about that because you, you get like yeah. a headache, you know, like you, emergency Ruining yeah. socks. Yeah. You know? Definitely, like, <laughs> you never have time to do laundry. So at least mm-hmm. with like brand new socks and underwear, like at least that part of you won't get
0: yeah, <laughs> horrible, <gross>. <laughs> <laughs> You know,
1: think little things like that. You know, because yeah. you know, sometimes you just don't have time to shower. You just you have ten hours mm-hmm. to get to the next venue which is 11 hours away right <laughs> like, good, luck, good luck you know we'll see you there doors so, are like, at five care packages like that have been something i've been thinking about a lot lately and yeah like, just helping with it's something you think about when you get older not when you're younger
0: you know? definitely and yeah as somebody that had like is on tour, like getting a care package like that. It just really like it's everything. It fucking boosts your morale so much. Yeah. Just that, I mean, think about the military when they get care packages. Mm-hmm. It's the same kind of thing, you know. Yeah. It's like
1: you're far away from home. You don't yeah. know anybody. Yeah. I mean, there are things that are familiar, and it, with the more technology advances, the right. easier it becomes. Mm-hmm. But you know, I I tour with these guys shortly after the MapQuest days. Like these guys used to tour around the country printing out with directions papers. from MapQuest, mm-hmm. and if you missed a turn
0: oh boy you better call
1: someone's uncle's best friend or something who knows the roads he used to be a trucker or something you know like oh well i'm headed south on this way which how do i get there oh that's real simple let me tell you you know like nowadays there's apps and stuff and things like 24 hour fitness having Mm -hmm. showers you know let me tell you about the wonder that is truck stop showers. Oh my
0: god. <laughs> the Any best
1: shower. $11 you'll ever spend <laughs> is a truck stop shower. yeah Cuz you get the whole room to yourself yep. and it's nice and spacious. You can just relax. and It's That's so amazing. good.
0: Don't, and you have like half an hour in there, huh?
1: You have unlimited time. Oh shit.
0: There. You, you can just sleep time. in the
1: bathroom. I mean, you could, okay. but somebody's going to come. Right. Someone's going to piss you. But like, I'll usually take, you know, like a good solid half hour to make sure mm-hmm. everything's clean, you know. Uh, you know, get a good shave, you know. And uh just really just like body care and hygiene goes a long way is a really, really tough thing to do on tour, especially when you're constantly surrounded by dudes that are farting all the time yeah. because gas station gourmet is a thing. Yeah. You know? True. Eating eating healthy and staying hygienic is are two like really difficult things to do on yeah. tour. Because you
0: know? I mean you have to consider eating healthy costs money.
1: It does. It does. You know, cost money. And,
0: and they don't have healthy options at gas stations yeah, because if you're in the middle of nowhere like yeah. <laughs>
1: idaho or montana or north dakota or something like that like you're not gonna find you know you're not gonna find a
0: vons or whatever or like a farmer's market you might yeah farmer's markets are tight on the road if you had
1: been through there you know once or twice before and you're familiar with a spot that you found yeah but
0: typically it's gonna be your subway mcdonald's wendy's (laughs) arby's yep
1: taco Um, bell yep a lot of those sometimes you'll get the kfc pizza hut combo yeah 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 yeah
0: yeah. which is like thank god for the kfc pizza hut combo you know what i'm saying (laughs) and
1: then like depending on which chunk of the country and they they start to change right you know you'll
0: get uh you'll get like wiener schnitzels mixed with weird shit well
1: as much as i hate texas i really love bucky's you bucky's know, is great. bucky's is like the best it's bucky's like the best truck stop bar none like
0: yeah you'll find like there's like the notorious truck like sheets
1: yeah sheets in the east sheets coast the east sheets coast. versus wawa wawa yeah. in the south
0: <laughs>
1: yep in the well it's in the northeast and oh, the that's south true. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's up, up and down Philly 95 it's starting huh? to spread west a little bit but not up that yeah. far
0: wawa. i mean then
1: you get out here and you got in and, and out and you know Whataburger, burger and
0: yeah so when you travel around the country you have to go to the you know the local quote-unquote local fast food spots
1: You become intimately familiar with all of the gourmet.
0: Yep. (laughs) (laughs) All of the local cuisine of Anandam. Yeah,
1: you know, and even internationally, too. Like, I remember.
0: Because internationally, eating is actually way harder than you think it is.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm one of those people who like to get like local culture. Like, Me too. I want to go. If I, like, for example, I just got back from Alaska. The first thing I wanted to eat there was salmon. You have to. Yeah. You know, crab so or salmon. Like, exactly. You, you have to get the crab or salmon. So that's what I did. I got, I got a bomb ass salmon. It was like 30 bucks. It was worth <laughs> every penny. <laughs> Easily the best salmon I've ever had in my life yeah. and probably won't ever be beat. You know, first time I went to Hawaii, I had ahi tuna. You know, never eat tuna in my life. I was mm-hmm. like, got to have it, you know. So when I went to um, Singapore, we had, uh, oh God, we had stingray. That was Ooh, nice. A lot bonier than you think it's going to be. Bony? Oh <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, it
1: was like thousands of little bones. It's good. But like I remember one of our first trips to Australia, we were just stopping at a random gas station on the way to the next room because we were t- we were up and down the coast there. We were headed from uh Sydney all the way down to Melbourne and then over to um to Adelaide. Uh all via van. Um or it was like this weird bus situation. But The drive down, you know, you wouldn't have time, so you would just get whatever gas station is nearby. And they had a lot of Burger King over there. But it's not Burger King over there. It's... uh, 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 Hungry Jack's. Hungry Jack's. Oh, my God. I almost forgot that. Hungry Jack's. It's Hungry Jack's. But they put mayo on their burgers. They're not like Mm -hmm. mayonnaise. But American mayonnaise is so vastly different from Australian mayonnaise. So it totally tastes different, you know?
0: It's super weird.
1: But I liked it. Yeah. It was good. And their stuff just tasted better it
0: does <laughs> it just tastes it well uh, like a lot of it i think has to do with like the oil they use that could be yeah but it, you know like instead of like peanut oil whatever it's soy Maybe. or what i don't know what kind of oil. Uh, it's just all of it just tastes but it tastes way better. better yeah it's crazy and it's like they're not trying to poison you yeah that's how it tastes <laughs> they're not trying to poison you don't feel you. like you
1: want to kill yourself correct. when you're done eating correct
0: it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but it's just yeah. better quality i think you know that could like be, yeah I, I don't know i think they just care more about health outside of america to be completely frank
1: maybe that could be it i'm not really sure i'd, I'd like to find out more about
0: that yes if you are a nutritionist please <laughs> be on my podcast
1: <laughs> <laughs> like every opportunity if you are so if you sad,
0: if, if you are a <laughs> mechanic <on laughs> race cars
1: oh that's really great if you
0: work for the nfl
1: uh, that's so funny.
0: if you are barack obama please call me
1: yeah please okay so here's one here's one for you all right uh, so wh- where would you say is your favorite place you have been to as a direct result of touring. Oh, like someplace you never would have thought to have gone. Well, the,
0: okay, like the if you hadn't been on the road, like the one. I mean, I'm I'm thinking like venues because the first thing that popped mm-hmm. in my mind was the Masquerade in Atlanta. Ooh, yeah, because yeah. it's just such a
1: iconic venue, iconic yeah.
0: venue, you know. And, now it's and gone. to be able to now it's gone. R. Rest I in be. peace. But yes, I mean. It was just such a cool fucking idea. Yeah. Three levels: hell, yeah. purgatory, heaven. heaven like yeah. there was like a boxing ring in the fucking ground floor. or Some shit. It's that venue was crazy, <laughs> dude. Crazy.
1: It's it was. I had the privilege of touring through there. God, probably about eight, ten times. Yeah. Like that. And we always played in hell. I
0: think I've been there twice. I think I went with Escape the Fate and then with the uh, Flyleaf tour. Oh yeah. I we about played that there. Tour was a good tour that was a good tour yeah that tour changed my life yeah that entire tour changed my life
1: that that's the other really cool thing about touring is that like one job leads to another and then all of a sudden all of these doors start opening up you know you were out with this tiny little band from LA but touring with a big band like Flyleaf yeah and through making connections with and thanks to Justin being uh, like yo
0: you have to get in with Flyleaf.
1: (laughs) 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 well I kept telling you like you need to network more yeah. you know like oop, there goes my phone See you that's all right cake and editing cake and edit that out
0: she got it <laughs> i got it
1: um no i kept telling you to uh to network more cuz mm-hmm. you were always you're always working yeah. so you were getting stuff done but it wasn't not enough people were seeing it yeah. is what i what i felt mm-hmm. you know and if more people saw it then you would get more jobs because the quality was there. Exactly. You just needed the more connections. So it was like if you're going to go out with a band like Flyleaf, that's a band that's connected and has been around the block for many, many years. Mm-hmm. So.
0: And it wasn't only them; it was them and Fit for Rivals, yeah, who like Renée's
1: another Jacksonville band.
0: Another Jacksonville band, of course, <laughs> exactly. Which the
1: early days of Jumpsuit,
0: yeah,
1: are attributed to. Um, or the early days of Fifth Arrivals are attributed to jumpsuit because yeah. Ronnie helped them write a lot of stuff.
0: It just shows you how connected, like, this yeah. touring world it really is. Like Justin and I know Net each other from this band yeah. and then we end up, you know, working with bands that are like direct, you know, like uh,
1: just directly linked just
0: directly linked to each other and yeah. it, it just so happened that way. I don't know. It was, it was kinda like the world just fell into place.
1: Yeah, it's just a really small world, the touring Mm. world, you know?
0: Yeah, and so, I mean, of course, like, I started hanging out with, you know, Fit for Rivals and Renee, just because, like, they're great people, you know? They're good people to be around, and, um, like, we, and that's the thing, like, the touring world, the other thing about it is, like, everybody has their opinion about everybody. Yeah. You know, like, like Justin may have different opinions about somebody that I toured with, and I might have a different opinion about someone he's toured with, just based off of shit we've heard, or, like... Things we, our friends have experienced, you know, so like we've gone back and forth over a bunch of different people over the years, you know, just from. I try
1: as hard as I can to not make up my mind about Mm. somebody until I, you know, meet them myself, you know, because it's very easy to say, oh, I met this celebrity and they were Mm. a dick. Like, no, you ran up to them in the middle of a restaurant while they were eating privately with their family and didn't want to sign your, you know, cap or something. Right. Like, yeah. and they're the dick. Yeah. Sorry, not mm. sorry. See so you know what I mean? Like, things like that. Some people have interactions like that and just wear this claim. But then, it, because it's such a small world, if you fuck up in the touring world, everybody people knows. find out really fast. And that,
0: I really wanted to talk about that yeah. in this episode. Um, and I don't know if we should say his name, even though everybody knows. So, there's this merch guy that just oh. stole <clears throat> $18,000 from a band called Waterparks. Oh, right, yeah. And... This is a guy that like he's known. He's really well known in the tour merch world, you know, mm. and and like the number one like why would you steal from your artist? First of yeah. all, that's not okay. You live and work with them. Yeah. There's consequences and you know how small this touring world is. So it, mm. if you do some shit, everybody's going to know and it's going to ruin you.
1: You'll never work again.
0: And this guy's like being dragged like drugged through the mud like rightfully right. so he stole 18 grand from his band and then he claimed that he was, that he was doing it to teach them a lesson about managing not keeping your was- money in a cardboard box like first of all fair but don't fucking steal like that just it, there's that's not a way to prove something to know. anybody
1: austin was tweeting about how they were managing their money just fine right he just he just found a way to steal it
0: yeah you know yeah and it's, and that's the hard thing. Like as a band, like you put your trust into this person. Yeah, that's absolutely. handling trusted, your money.
1: I was trusted with, you know, a good chunk of change. I wouldn't yeah. say exactly how much, but I was trusted with a good chunk of change and it's mm-hmm. all trust, you know? Yeah. I like, mean, thank God I'm an honest bands. and trustworthy person where yeah. to the point where like sometimes I would accidentally, cause I would have like a bank, mm-hmm. you know, every, every time yeah. that, um, just to make change for people who needed it internationally uh, or even just in this country. And sometimes I would give too much money, and they're like, and Jesse would be like, "Hey, you know, you gave me this much, and this is how much was accounted for. You know, this this chunk doesn't belong to us. Yeah, put this in your bank." Like, oh, okay. So like everybody's super honest and really great, and like Jesse actually studied, I think it was statistics and or something like that, something with numbers mm-hmm. in school. Like he has a degree in it, so like he's really really good with numbers. You know, so when it came to like counting the money every night. I would say a solid 80, 85, almost 90% was in cash. Mm. And very rarely would it be on a card, you know? So the card stuff, obviously it's all digital. So that jumps through. But when you're rolling around with that much cash, like it's scary. I remember when I first started, he would say, hey, if you get a little uncomfortable with the amount of money on you, let me know when you get to this amount and we'll do what's called a drop. Mm. And he would come and collect that much. And then later we'll add that to the count at the end of the night, you know? So there would be times where I was holding an uncomfortable amount of money because we were doing very good. And I'd be like, hey, can you come and take this for a drop? Because, you know, God forbid somebody breaks into the venue and understands that they have that much money behind there. It's all cash. It can't be accounted for. You know what I mean? Aside from the numbers I'm putting in on how much is sold versus, you know, how much I have left in stock. Yeah. That's the only proof I would have. You know, it would be very easy for someone to come in and just swoop there it is, yeah, you know, so I'm certain that this guy probably saw an opportunity, like saw an opportunity like you're that, right. you know, like, and fuck you for even thinking yeah. about that, you know, like
0: how bad like how bad are you off for money that you yeah feel're not need gonna to get either. away
1: with much, yeah, yeah, it's like people who rob clerks at stores, you're yeah. gonna get away with maybe like five hundred bucks. 500 bucks, yeah, maybe
0: maybe that's on you know? like a hot day too, yeah.
1: like you know? w- you're gonna burn through that in like an hour, yeah. <laughs> whatever trying to get out or whatever, alcohol or whatever you're trying to get out of like there are much Mm -hmm. easier ways to earnestly and honestly earn money you know there are plenty of people just don't see it that way and it sucks that this guy was in the touring world for so long but this is the first time he got caught correct who knows how many times he's done it before and hadn't Mm -hmm. gotten caught
0: and that's and that's the where like you know the um the back and forth goes back goes like comes into play, like in the comments or, you know, when people are talking about yeah. it, because you have on one hand, people saying like, wow, of course that makes sense. All this shit, this shady yeah. shit, this guy did. And then yeah. the other people are saying like, what are you talking about? This guy was like a great person. Like yeah. I worked with him on countless tours and nothing ever, like this has ever happened, but it just goes to show you like, do you ever really know what's going on? Yeah. You know,
1: I mean, I, I this actually happened to me. Um, so I have many friends on the road, um, and a lot of them are roadies like me. And uh, one of them got caught stealing – I don't think it was m- – it might have been a little bit of money, but it was It was like a laptop and some other stuff from a band that I'm really good friends with. And he was caught on camera doing this Wow. at a venue that I'm very familiar with. <clears throat> and they figured it out. But this was a guy that was like friends with everybody. He was – you know doing tour managing gigs he was doing merch gigs and like everybody loved this guy he was super down to earth super chill like really great to hang out with um bent over backwards for people to like help out by like uh, you know using his brother's van and stuff like that you know just like saving bands money in any way he could like what why would he why would he overstep his bounds and try and take something that wasn't his? Mm-hmm. But not only that, get caught on camera doing it. Like, <laughs> why? Why would you do that? Like, I don't know. Just the concept of theft never made any yeah. sense to me. I
0: think people just sometimes, I don't know why or what it is, but I think they just have like a literal lapse in judgment, and they're like, yeah, oh, a laptop. I need a laptop. But like, I'll take with this things laptop, like phones
1: and laptops, yeah, like
0: people's people's information stuff is in there is in it's that. very
1: easy to prove mm-hmm. who's that you know with yeah. codes that are
0: <laughs> we can find where it is exactly there's a literal app exactly. to find your like, shit even GPS on my computer on at my hat like my desktop yeah. there's a find my iMac in case someone steals my fucking iMac yeah. you know
1: like what in what world do they think they're gonna have time to wipe it without anyone seeing mm-hmm. and like resell it on yeah. what, craigslist for what no money yeah with some other sketchy dude is gonna try to, like mm. but in what world does any of that make any sense
0: like, and it's it's so sad that people take advantage of yeah. you know touring bands like yeah. i saw yesterday uh somebody posted this band has been on tour for like eight nine years right never mm. had an issue the last their last show ever before they play it somebody stole like their fucking stratocaster out of the I van they stole like Laptop, merch, all kinds of shit. And it was like, we've never dealt with this. Like, I can't believe this is happening now. I mean, last it show. happens on
1: the road All enough, the time. Anyways, not even just with people working inside. Like, yeah. people on the outside constantly trying to steal trailers. I can tell you how many times I've seen Oh, it trailers? Outside, like, yeah, dude. Oh, full, full musical collection mm-hmm. and, and trailer ready to go. Like, yeah. Like, I toured through San Francisco again, like, probably four times. And three out of those four times in the beginning, this is before, like, later on. This was, like, four times within, like two years I was there, and three out of those four times, a band on our tour package had their van and or trailer broken into with yeah, know, camera really bad, stuff, dude. laptop stuff, phones, personal stuff that they can never get back. And uh, it's Jumps- hard.
0: You can't say, like, bring all your shit into yeah. the venue, because yeah. we don't know I who's mean, in the venue. <laughs> just
1: had a, um, a la- an old laptop um, stolen from them, which really sucks, because none of those files are backed up, and there are so oh. many b-roll songs that like they had recorded on like yeah. garage band and stuff demos you know Shit. it's gone gone forever wow. you know you can't replace those because you can't remember all those songs of course not but, you know it, there could have been you know three or four records in there that they mm-hmm. just you know had this back catalog of things and ideas they were using as inspiration to record new yeah. music further down the trough because they were always just thinking ahead and that that laptop's gone you wow. know like they'll never ever get it back
0: well, wow. and, for, and what for a so somebody could like get their fix or yeah. whatever, this say hap- they did it. Yeah,
1: this happened uh, recently. I think within the last two years, they caught this like this duo. This I think it was either a couple or like two dudes that were like constantly stealing shit from this exact same venue and then dragging it to like a uh, storage facility nearby.
0: Oh. And they had been doing that,
1: and they finally got busted. And they <sighs> open up this unit, and there's like all this other stuff that's in there, and like
0: oh my god, for
1: years of doing that and never getting caught. Um, I read about one that another, like two homeless people stole some stuff and dragged it to like a motel nearby (laughs) and they had like all inside this motel, all this stolen gear and like, you could see because it was in the snow. So you could see like the, the the tire marks marks, like (laughs) when stuff like, like why? Oh God. It's, it's hard enough having to deal with assholes that don't even belong. Yeah. Now you have to worry about people that are on your crew. Yeah. And people wonder why it's so hard to get into the music industry. That's one of the reasons because you have to be a trusted individual. We're making
0: it, you know, the bad people out here are making it harder for the good people to absolutely. get in. Absolutely. absolutely.
1: Yeah. And I'm still astonished. I, I mean, I befriended those guys within maybe three months. Mm. And think after first meeting them, I think it was in like in April of 2011, something like that. I moved in by the winter. Wow. Like, I think it was like in either November or December that winter I moved in something like that. That's crazy. Yeah. And wow. <laughs> like that was really fast, but you know, thank God I'm an honest and trustworthy Serious? person. And they were able to suss that out because when you're on the road long enough, you can kind of sort out people, yeah. you know, sometimes you, they're you easy, learn how to sometimes read people pretty well because you meet all walks of life, mm-hmm. you know, and some people act really shady and you're like, Hey, heads up on this, you know, yeah. so you can look out for as many people as you can, but God, having to worry about theft in your own camp, what a nightmare. Yeah, I can't
0: imagine that. What a nightmare. And it's like, why would you want to... I wouldn't even want to be living with these people. Like, say, like, I can, I did this, you know. Say, say, like, I went and stole 18 grand from water parks and yeah. I was on tour with them, you know. Like, I don't know how I'd be able to, like, live with myself yeah. on tour while I'm on tour with them, hiding their money that I've stolen from them yeah. and having to lie, like, out my ass. Like... That stress alone would like kill me.
1: On top of all the stress you're already getting. That's before, what I'm saying. <laughs> you know? Fuck,
0: dude. Like, why would you that? That's pile so much that energy. It's <laughs> so much energy to be a piece of shit, man. God.
1: I don't fuck. understand how some people just have the capacity in them to do that.
0: Yeah. What did you yeah. use uh, spreadsheet wise? Did you, for people that might listen to this that yeah. do want to get into like merch management, like, you know, there's shit like at venue, which. at venue is
1: fantastic it's fantastic but i hate it (laughs) we wind up getting to at venue yeah um there's another one that's um there's another app oh god what was it called um it's it has a red icon maybe it is At venue i thought there was another one um tour manager or something like that um i used to have it but drowned in my old phone (laughs)
0: That's a fun story.
1: Yeah, that's that's a bad story.
0: Let's see. I'm gonna see if I can find it right. Now. IRIG? No. No. I think it was called Tour Manager
1: because it would you could like sift through um, you know like day sheets yeah. and the tour package like everybody's email contact on the tour package. Um, right. I think it was called Tour Manager.
0: I mean that would make sense.
1: But like apps like that have been really fantastic.
0: There's one I heard about recently. I think it is, hold on. Uh, I, no, that's not it. No, that's not. Well, another good one for touring just for Master everybody. Master Tour. Master that's Tour. That's the one. Master Tour. Master Tour is great. It's the
1: red star with the microphone.
0: I'll put all the like links to this yeah. stuff down below, guys. Um, yeah. but at yeah, Venue, at Venue, Master, Venue tour. Master
1: Tour. And then one one that I really really oh, love that, that was super handy for tour is um that Truck Stop app. Yeah. It was like a truck stop locator. Uh, what was it called? Truck Trucker Path. Trucker Path was really fantastic. It's just a full map of every truck stop in America. <laughs> and if if you don't want to stop in some hole in the wall gas station in the middle of nowhere, you can just click on the waypoint and see how far away it is, whether or not they have showers, whether or not they have food, whether or not they have mm-hmm. gas, how much gas is sometimes. You know that app saved me a lot of headaches having to, you know, not having to deal with like. Google searching and Google maps, like where the next Definitely. truck stop is, you know? So yeah. You can plan your route more like better.
0: I feel like I should do a whole episode on apps, apps. for pot. For well, those, those, pot. Are my, <laughs> those are my
1: top three apps. Oh, and then when I started going international, I would use the currency app. Mm-hmm. Just to, Cause there was one time where I had to change currency four times in a week. Wow. Yeah.
0: <laughs> wow. <laughs> we were
1: just in that many different countries. Dang. It's like we were Island hopping in Southeast Asia. That was a, Wow.
0: There's a new one I heard about, but I don't know the name of it. So I'm going to have to ask. I'll put it down in the descri- in the description for you guys. But basically it will like let you know when you're going to be, it'll like wake you up like an hour before you get to your new destination. Oh, cool. On tour. And it so that you can like prepare yourself sure, yeah, to wake like, up. So up, you don't like wake up, like. up and you're just like there and have to right, go here. straight we're, in. We're fifteen yeah. minutes
1: late, let's load in. Right, exactly.
0: <laughs> um, a friend of mine posted about it. I'll have to ask him what it is. But oh, that's cool. there's a ton of apps out there. Like Around Me is a really good app. I don't know if you've used it. Around that.
1: me was one I used for a while, but then yeah. I was really only using it to find truck. Local stops. food.
0: Yeah, that's what I if and I was so like at I wound the up venue. Just the app. Yeah, exactly. But the trucker app's probably a better way to go for that. so At venue but you did everything like manually like on pen and paper spreadsheet wise uh,
1: it started off with like pen and paper stuff and then the spreadsheet stuff was always just on uh what was it like microsoft office or whatever what is excel excel thank you microsoft excel it was on that it was like an excel spreadsheet
0: and what it like um i'm trying to think of like questions or you know things that you had you struggled with as a merge person you wish you knew um or like wish you had like a tip about, you know, like, uh, like folding boxes, you no. know, like how to store your merch properly. Like everybody has the type own of bins of you that. should get. Don't there get cheap ass bins. I
1: tried every version <laughs> of, of organizing and sorting and <sighs> there's a professional way to do it. Um, when I started doing festivals, yeah. I started learning from people who had been in the game way longer than me. And the way they were doing it was the most efficient way that I, I was able to figure out. What they would do is they would make these things called plumes, right? And each box, because it's festivals, mm-hmm. the boxes would just sell out. It'd yeah. be, it would be different for like venues depending on the size of the rooms you're playing in, depending on how much merch you're selling. But for festivals, this was great. So you would make these plumes or it would be each side of the box would be a size. So yep. it would be small, medium, large, large extra large. So it was like bottom, top, left, yeah. right, that sort of thing. Um, and it's easy and then, like, when
0: you're selling because you can just grab yep, it. Just you boop, don't have to like boop, search you don't through have your to, fucking shit. Yeah,
1: you don't have to look. You can yeah. Even if someone else did the plume, you could walk over and it would be the exact same yep. thing that you're looking for. Here's the size. You could look over, just eyeball it, and see if there's any smalls left. Or look over and see if there's any mediums left of this one, you know, things like that. Yeah. So when they started doing the plumes, and then count in, count out. So you'd count in how many... Of each item you have. Which is when you critical, got there. you guys. Yeah. Like, and then stress the importance. Out, yeah, because like sometimes you forget to mark like, oh, did I do this? Yeah. Count out, count in is the best way to do it. And then at the end of the night, if your sales were correct, everything will add up perfectly, mm-hmm. which mine always did yeah. because of count in, count out. You know, and I never let anybody slide. Occasionally this would happen where like sometimes a venue would take a merch cut yeah. and then like my dudes would say, hey, they would rather a t-shirt than a merch cut, which by the way, if a That's venue cool. ever offers that, give them the t-shirt instead of the merch cut. Well,
0: to talk <laughs> about what merch cuts are and why why venues take them. Uh,
1: I don't know why they take Cause them. Because they can. <laughs> and I know that there's a movement right now trying to get them to stop doing that.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. But what they'll do is occasionally, depending on how the deal, the contract is set up for the venue, because it's different for every venue, um, the band will get paid X amount of dollars to perform. Um, the, the tour packets will receive, you know, layered down versions of payment depending on where they are on the tier. So tier, t- tier one would be the headlining band. They get the bulk of the, the um, payment and then say, you know, the second band in line would get, you know, up smaller portion and then third band you know and so on and so forth um so they would each get their whatever guarantee was they call it a guarantee um so let's say it starts at like you know you know three thousand dollars for the headlining band uh you know five hundred bucks for the main support and then like a hundred dollars for the uh uh opening act or something sorry about it
0: y'all gonna be eating ramen tonight yeah
1: (laughs) so like you know that those are just like made up numbers but like that's an example of what like one could be um in it and it's different for every room but when merch cuts comes in what they do is sometimes they'll do there are different kinds of deals they do like there's door deals where like if you if the vent if the room isn't sold out but you expect a giant walk up like a bunch of people are going to walk up and and buy the tickets the day of the show when it's about to start at doors um they'll do what's called a door deal and you can get like more money that way sometimes if you expect a good walk up in that town because you're familiar with that town um so sometimes it would be wiser to do that, and then they would get like a merch cut as a result or something like that. So like a percentage of your sales would go to the venue. I don't remember what the reason is. It's I know that it's somehow a just part cause. of the contract. I just <laughs> I don't remember what. I think the it's reason
0: because is. you're technically like soliciting inside their venue. Maybe. You're selling I a product it might have in their, to their venue. Do
1: with taxes in the yeah. state or.
0: Something like that. I, if you uh, I are remember. a merchandise, <laughs> no. If you are a venue owner, <laughs> can you be on my podcast?
1: Yeah, it had something to do with that. But either way, some some venues were like ten percent. Some were five. Some were fifteen. Most were about ten or fifteen. Sometimes they'd be fifteen twenty percent of of your total sales. Um, you know, and most of the time that's on like the honor system as well, too. Because how can they prove how much money? You mm. know. But like if they want a t-shirt instead, give them that because if you look at cost for a t-shirt, it's way cheaper than a percentage of your sales, especially if you did good that night, you know? Um, yeah. And occasionally, usually it's, it would be on what's called soft goods, which would be like your, your only t-shirts because a
0: lot of times bands have to repay their label for, you know, their records for their physical CDs. So so they won't take hard sales. When I first started,
1: they were taking, some venues would take cuts of hard sales. They would take cuts of CDs (sighs) and, um, um, like EPs, and um, so we, when we had the vinyl records, they would take us to those. What else would be like anything that wasn't t shirts? So, like, we would have sometimes keychains or like bottle openers. Or, mm.
0: um, you guys had guitar picks.
1: Uh, I usually just gave those yeah. away to like what super else did fans. You, guys
0: have? you had like wristbands, wristbands that's yeah. a that big one thing. that would
1: be considered a hard sale. Yeah. Um, hats, I think, would be considered a hard sale as well, things like that
0: crazy
1: yeah I don't know how or why they did that but that was always annoying that they would do that I never understood why
0: did you ever like what were some of the like (laughs) what are some of the trade secrets of selling merch you know like (laughs) there were things they'd be like don't report that to them don't tell them about that it's fine like you know like for like hard sales soft sales like stuff like that
1: uh I I just or like shirt prices I pride myself on being just an honest person. um so whatever my sales were I would give them whatever that percentage was, you know? Yeah. Um, but as far as, like, sales tactics to, like, right. getting people to buy stuff, some people just want to spend five bucks, you know? So having something easy, quick, boom, whether it be a wristband or a, a small EP or, um, you know, like a little cap or something like that, having a $5 item on on the table is always wise. Sometimes it would be a poster, you know? hmm Five dollar items are the best seller because I would sell the most of those. They may not always make the most money, yeah. but they would sell yeah. the most quantity wise. Because it's cheap, be like, it's quick. You know, your like you easy, said. quick chump change. Yeah. Know, people just want to show up, spend five bucks, and leave. You know, yep. I I was there. I got yeah. something. You know what I mean? Ten dollars. Sometimes only things in the ten dollar range are going to be a CD. But who right. buys CDs anymore? You know. So that's you would be sell. surprised. Shirts would be anywhere between 20 and 25, depending on the quality. Sometimes it would be a front back print. Sometimes it would be a long sleeve. Sometimes only a front, you know, sometimes it'd be a pocket tee.
0: Or like a tie-dye. Yeah. yeah.
1: Like hoodies would be like 35 to 45, depending on the quality, you know, things like that.
0: What about a price matching?
1: Price matching sucks. (laughs) (laughs) So price matching is if you're playing a, usually this would happen to me at festivals. Yeah. So like we did this show with Godsmack in upstate New York. Um, like 7 years ago in a town called Watertown and um they had asked us to do price matching and uh what that is is basically whatever they are selling their t-shirts and, and CDs for you have to match that price even though that's not what normally you would sell yours for now for the most part your stuff's going up in price i don't think i've ever seen a price match where it went down in price yeah for the most part it was going up in spite in price um so that uh, that was always difficult because it's hard enough to sell your merch at the things that you value as fair, but when you have to try and sell a T-shirt that you value at twenty five dollars for thirty five dollars, I always felt bad about that because I always yeah. felt like I was ripping off people. Definitely, you know. So that's mm, I think it's different from band to band because sometimes they're okay with that or yeah. they're already at those prices. Yeah, um, but other times. Not so much. But
0: you're selling a t-shirt for $35 at a show? Come <laughs> well,
1: on. Come I mean, on. this was Godsmack.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, well, that... You know? Okay, yeah, you're right. If you're I've on that level. Bands, like and seen, we're at a festival. We're talking festivals. Mm-hmm, so that's like different.
1: Metallica bands, the huge, heavy-hitting arena bands I've yeah. seen. Shirt sales for $35. Yeah. I've seen it. Yeah. I've seen Blink sell $35 t-shirts. I've purchased yeah. $35 t-shirts at a Blink show, you yeah. know? All of them. <laughs> I used to go to Blink shows in Philly and spend all my money. I spent three hundred dollars in merch one time at a Blink show. Wow! Yeah, and I think I got like like five shirts, <laughs> I some stickers. I still have those stickers. They're somewhere. It's awesome. But yeah, price matching. That's a good question. That's oh, yeah. that's a tr- that's a tricky one. I don't like doing it, but it's something you have to do sometimes, and you just do your best. Um, what else? I would I would always like to like just going along and so like selling stuff. I I my favorite tactic was to just kind of like um. I would never haggle. Yeah. Like a lot of people try to like, hey, can I get this for this much? Like, No. (laughs) This is how much it's worth. Don't – that's like a big thing for me. Like don't rip off artists. If an artist says this is how much it is, don't try to get the best price. Yeah. They've already figured out that that is the best price. You know? I understand if you just don't have enough money. Sometimes you just got to let that go. And sometimes people are like, okay – you know, all you have is $20, you spent your last $20 getting here, you spent your last 15 getting into the show, yeah. like, fine, 20 bucks it's yours, that's all you had, you know. That, on very rare occasions, I've done that, because yeah. I know some people that they literally spent everything they could to just even get to the yeah. show, you know, and, and if that's the case, you know, I'm more than happy to. Definitely. But, like, if it's just people trying to just get the best deal, you know, like, Don't rip off artists. This happens, you know, this happens to photographers all the time. I saw somebody bitching on Twitter just yesterday. Like if I set a price, don't try to rip me off. I'm not trying to shoot for free. Like it's the same thing with artists. Like they can't sell records anymore because everything's digital. So now they have to sell things like meet and greets.
0: Yeah. And people get pissed about that. Like, sorry, we don't have a choice. One of the best
1: things that I ever read was that your ticket. And this, this was from my, I'm going to, I'm going to, Put him on blast here. Is my buddy Danny, Danny Samet. He's a fucking good dude. He's he's someone I met really early on in the touring days, and he he really worked his way up. And now he he's like um, he tours with Thrice and a couple other bands. Um, but that dude is. I learned a lot from that guy. He he just really understands the touring world mm-hmm. to a degree that's like expert level. He's really really great. But one of the things I remember reading on his Twitter feed a few years back was that a ticket it, like there was this conversation at the time people were bitching about that they didn't get to meet the band because they were at the show your ticket is for the show and that's it yeah. and that should be enough there this sense of entitlement with kids at shows now like that they Stupid. must meet the band that they um, must get a free pick or yeah. shirt or cd or whatever like that entitlement factor really bums me out because these guys are working their asses off just to even be there and they're getting ripped off from everybody who wants a hand in their pocket.
0: And we're in an industry that is literally built to mentally destroy you. Yeah,
1: so like why would you add to that pile of bullshit to try and rip off a band that you are trying to support? Support the band by buying merch. It's very easy to do. It's very easy. You know, give up something that week. You know? Yeah. Don't, don't get buy seven Starbucks. beers. Yeah. You know, get, don't go out drinking that one night. Yep. You know, there's an extra $20 in your pocket. Yep. It's just about managing money, man.
0: Mm-hmm. It's all about
1: managing money. It's not hard to do, but that entitlement factor, like I hate that. Yeah. If you meet the band as a result of being at the show, great. Sick. Bonus points. Right. You know, there, are, there are polite ways to do it and there are rude mm-hmm. ways to do it. I know some people that have, like, snuck their way backstage. Oh, and, yeah. And some people that have snuck their way onto buses. And It's not you know, the
0: right way to do it. It's not.
1: Like, there are much more polite ways. And it's a safety factor. Yeah. A lot of the times, they don't know who you are. Yeah. They don't know your intentions. I mean, look at what we have to deal with now. With Like, who was that, that singer in Florida that got shot by a fan? Uh, Christina yeah. uh,
0: Grimmy, yeah. yeah Christina Grimmie a friend of mine Ashley Nicole Photo we actually did a podcast together they used to be like she used to take photos of her they were yeah. friends and shit Like now it's a safety issue it's a safety issue we I mean don't it always has
1: been but like now it's like
0: now it's like imminent it's like a very ever present concern
1: what did that girl do to anybody
0: she literally nothing, nothing. literally <laughs> was innocent. just beautiful
1: just a bright Different. talented teen just girl. a
0: polite person man Good shot
1: because somebody felt entitled yeah. to get there. And and that was a person that was yeah. like open arms. Like, mm-hmm. absolutely, I would love to meet you. And then out of nowhere, she got
0: shot, shot because of like, it. That's crazy. You know? Man.
1: And so this whole, like, I bought a ticket to the show, I should meet the band, bullshit. Yeah. Fuck you. Fuck you. you. <laughs> like, no. That's not how it works. Yeah. If you meet the band as a result of it, great i've had I've had that opportunity happen before I started working in the industry. Mm-hmm. you know I've had opportunities to meet many bands that way, but that's because they decided to take time out of yeah. their day and their sleep schedule and their busy busy driving schedule mm-hmm. to come down outside of the bus and come and say hello. yeah They didn't have to do that. they didn't under no means they're do there they to have play a to show that. period That's their job. show up, play the show, leave, leave. you know that's that's yeah. their job they and don't people have to do
0: that. people forget that like they may not have time. Like, if you're, say, coming through Los Angeles, if you're going through New York, if you're going through Jacksonville, you have press management, you are booked back to back to back, you're going to FYE, you're going to Guitar Center, yeah. Yeah.
1: There's a million things to do. It's a
0: job, it's not just playing 30 minutes. minutes. It's
1: tough enough, Yeah. you know? And when they do have free time, I'll tell you this, anytime I had free time on the road, I slept Oh, fuck yeah. I slept. Fuck yeah. Any chance I could, I, I tried to get some extra sleep yeah. in because you're just always tired.
0: Yeah. <laughs> just the fans, like, you have to remember it's about you, but it's not all about you.
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously, they wouldn't be where they right. are without your support. Yeah.
0: But, but that, that doesn't mean, mean that they, they owe, you. owe you freebies. Yeah. You know? They don't. Yeah. They already the they already, gave, they already the gave you what you were owed as exactly. music. Exactly. And the performance. Exactly.
1: exactly. You know? People that that bummed me out. I think I read about that. I know Danny said it, but I, I don't remember what what the conversation was. I don't remember mm. what band, um, but I just remember, it might have been like something he overheard at a, at a show or something like that, but like, man, that just like super bummed me out that that was even a culture, you know, yeah. of kids.
0: And it's real. Like I've, you know, we're friends with a lot of these bands, so we hear it from not only their social media, but from them personally about, yeah. like, how, like, how can you be so entitled? <laughs> what? Like, it's have I've, it's I've been struggling
1: with just entitled people for and the last And they get year, angry you know, about those. it.
0: Like, you get so angry. That's the thing. Like, yeah. it's not just, like, entitled. It's, like, angry entitlement.
1: I wish my world was that small. <laughs> I I'm almost a little jealous, you know? Uh, you know? True. Like... How can your world be that small? Yeah. You know?
0: It's unreal. It's unreal. Um, let's see. What else are we... What, are, what should we talk about? What should we talk about? What should we talk about? Mm, talk about mental health on tour. Mm. Talk about your brain. <laughs> you know, living with a bunch of people that all have their own mental fucking struggles and their yeah. own personal problems and all mm. living together for months and months and months at a time.
1: It's incredibly hard. Um getting up every day is a blessing, <laughs> you yeah. know. Um, a lot of times you get into this kind of it's almost robotic mode where you just have to get up and go. This ha- it just has to be done, you know. The show must be go loaded on. In. Gear has to be loaded in. We have to cover this mileage, you know. Um you have to eat. I would say Things like just like being on the road for so long and reading up on mental mental health over the last like five, seven years, when people started speaking out about what they do to help and engaging in a conversation publicly, that's when it started getting better. Yeah. At least for me. Yeah. So I would read about, I would read blogs or tweets or whatever mm-hmm. about, you know, today I did this. Like, oh, right, okay, I should do something like that. So, like, exercise has been scientifically proven to help mental health. Um, just public interaction, being outside, getting sun, going for a Which walk. Which is
0: shocking because you're on tour surrounded by people, yeah. but you're still very, very alone yeah. at the end of the day.
1: Because you're just in your bunk.
0: You're just in your bunk. You and shut that coffin. curtain and you're, you're in a coffin by Sometimes yourself. Sometimes it's not
1: even a bunk. Sometimes it's just a bench.
0: Yeah, bench, the floor. Or the floor. You know, <laughs> you know? I've... I've Many a night's on a van floor, mm. squished up in the front seat, you the know. floor of like a Super 8. You know? Right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like, or sometimes it's some, somebody was grateful enough to open up their yeah. house to someone's you. Yeah, ba- someone's
0: concrete basement floor, yeah. Yeah. you know. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Some sketchy-ass places I've slept yeah. in, i tell you what. Some.
1: But some are really grateful. And I'm definitely. ever, ever so thankful oh, yeah. for people like, you know, like Petra House and, and uh, just outside of
0: Illinois, and like, Georgia. we could talk about Mama, like oh my God, Mama, Mama Misha. Like I, if you tour, if anybody, that's anybody that tours. Anyone who knows, tours in
1: Orlando. Anyone knows, Orlando not
0: even Mama. Orlando, just in the United States. <laughs> you know who Mama is. Like if you're New ever Orleans. going through Florida, Mama Misha will put you Dude, up. She's, get you waffles, get you socks, haircut, anything you need.
1: I she, Take I you to Disney. People, people like her yeah. make touring easy and they make touring fun. And she is just one of those people that just can't be replicated. Yeah. Like, just can't. She's so warm and giving a wonderful, even when I wasn't on tour, when I was just living in Jacksonville, just struggling with my own mental health. Like, I would drive Mm -hmm. down to Orlando two and a half hours and just crash on her couch for a week and just hang out. She's like, babe, stay as long as you need. You know, my couch is always welcome to you.
0: you Yeah. And she doesn't want anything. No. It's just she just maybe a selfie. Maybe a selfie. She might want <laughs> but a that's, about, but that's it. about it. You but know. She's not like doesn't ask for anything. She just yeah. wants to take care of people, man. All she wants
1: to do is to take make and sure it's that you're amazing. Okay.
0: I mean, she just adopted a girl yeah. like a couple years ago. Shay. Shay, she she yeah. like turned 18 and she was still like I'm still going to adopt you. Like you're yeah. still my kid. Like yeah. period. Just, what a wonderful What a wonderful human wonderful being. Person. God damn. <laughs> Mama. Oh, I god love I you. Can't. I get to see her soon, dude. Oh, I'm going to so fly out and see her. Um, I should get her up. on a podcast. What a fucking oh my cool... god! To
1: pick her brain. Yeah, we should
0: fly her out here, man. Let's do it. We I can do, do it. That. Spirit Airlines. Let's uh, go. Yeah. No, seriously. <laughs> Let's do it.
1: Um, Fuck yeah, I'll yeah. Talk. I'll, I'll talk to her about it. Yeah, I'm sure. Is. I'm sure she'd. love She'd to do
0: love it. that.
1: She would. Love or if it. she can't travel, you know, we can go to her. We can go to her. Fuck it. Let's do it. She. That's that's a woman who's got.
0: She's got some stories. So many stories. She's got some stories, dude. <laughs> she's had so many bands like, through her house. I mean, she She's great. There's I'm also to think a of group of like early them.
1: bands that are now big bands that she started out with.
0: <sighs> I mean, she's had like I feel like she's had like bring Me the horizon. Hands Like Houses.
1: Hands Like Houses, for sure. I don't know about Bring Me, but uh, I don't know uh, Issues, would, issues be would be a Issues would be a perfect example. When they were just a baby band and nobody yeah. cared about them, you know, they stayed by her. Yeah. And now they're top of the world. They're doing great. You know, they're yeah. crushing it. There's a band that works their asses off and they got to where they are because of that. You exactly. Know? But those, those early days, I'm certain they're grateful for people like her along the way. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: To so just give them hope, to acknowledge that they're doing the right thing because... I mean, back on mental health, like, every day you wake up, am I doing the right thing? Am, is this yeah. what I'm meant to be doing? Right. You know? Am I wasting my time? Am I wasting my time? Yeah. Is, honestly. And that's why I continue getting tattoos on the road, because every time I think that, I just look at my arms. You're right? like, I don't legs, think I was wasted like, any time. <laughs> I didn't waste any time. Look at all these memories I yeah. have, you know?
0: And, like, most people don't even leave their hometown.
1: I know. I can't tell you. Dude, Crazy. Dude, one of my first trips back to my hometown, after I started visiting, um, or at one of my first trips back to my hometown after I started touring i got together with um my old um rifle team um we had competitive rifle uh, target shooting in my my high school
0: justin was supposed to be big time in the military <laughs> y'all <laughs>
1: i was i was fourth in the state of pennsylvania and uh it was kind of a big deal you know Um, So I would get calls every day from like military outlets that wanted me. Marines would call, and Air Force would call, and Army would call, and like we want you to be a part of RT. And my father refused to let me join any of those. (laughs) He would hang up on them. He's like, "You're getting a college education." Like, all right, Dad, you got it. I'm grateful for him for doing that because I would lost a lot more. Yeah. You know, but uh, I got together with all of those those kids that I hadn't seen in God, almost 15 years. You know. And some of them had traveled via military. Some of them stayed in their hometown and grass was always greener, you know? Mm -hmm. So like some of them stayed home, started a family and they're going to the schools that we grew up going to, you know? And they'd be like, Oh, I'm so jealous of you. Like, you know, look at you traveling the world. I I live vicariously through you. And I'm like, you can do it too. It's,
0: Not that hard. It's not that hard. hard. Justin did it with no money. I did it with no money. You guys, you can do it.
1: Just do it. It's
0: entirely possible. Just like show up at your friend's house after you move across the country (laughs) and say, hey, you want to go to the Grand Canyon like today?
1: Oh, yeah. Let's go. I did that. (laughs) (laughs) After driving across the country, I drove eight hours hours back back the other way. way.
0: (laughs) Almost died.
1: That was great. Almost died. Fucking coyote. Oh, God. But like, yeah. I, One of my first questions that I always ask people who say that I wish I could do that is, well, do you know what it costs? Yeah. And 100% of the no. time, the answer is no. Yeah. Okay, let me show you. Boop, boop, boop. Yep. Hey, here it is on my phone. Where do you want to go? You want to go to Hawaii from here? Round trip. There yeah. you go. And they're like, whoa. Yeah. That's it? Because in their head, they, they have this think imaginary number. It's this number, big, giant be like quest you have to dollars. go on. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, no, with things like Airbnb yeah. and things like SkipLagged, like skip they're, lagged, they're If you, oh my God, if you travel,
0: and... if you don't know what skip lagged is, check it out. If you yeah. don't know what Scott's cheap flights is, yep. check one. it out. I'll put yep. these all down below. Yeah. Amazing. They're, Amazing resources.
1: are cheap and affordable ways yeah. to travel. People it's have
0: great. made it easier. Yeah.
1: It's a lot easier to travel today than it ever was before, yeah. you know, and people get it in their head and they're like, oh, well, if, if a round trip's going to be like 700 bucks. Okay. Well, that's like. You know, two weeks of pay. Yeah. That's it? Oh wow. And they start thinking, Oh, I could do
0: that. Yeah, you know? like if you just don't go out to that bar for one uh, weekend even, that's yeah. a plane ticket, you know? <laughs> you know? Like Jesus.
1: Like, like I found a flight from from EWR, Newark, New Jersey, to to visit Mama in Florida, Florida. for fifty bucks.
0: Fifty bucks, guys. Fifty dollars. That's like a tank of gas. Yeah. Crazy. To fly, to fly you know, across the country. Miles. No big deal. It's fine.
1: It's fine. <laughs> you know? It's insane. Like, it's entirely possible. I think and people once you are just know scared. What it costs yeah. you and how long it'll take you to do it, then it's just pulling the trigger. Yeah. You just gotta do and it. And then once
0: you do it once, you'll never come back. You know? Well, I, I mean, you'll come friends, back, but then you'll go other places.
1: <clears throat> I have some friends back in Pennsylvania that still live, well, not in the same hometown, but close to, you know, a couple towns over. Mm. They moved, you know, got a bigger, better place because they have a family now. They've yeah. got two kids. And uh, they, they drove across the country and went to the Grand Canyon. Wow. And I was like, I was so proud of her for doing that. Like what an amazing mm. amazing idea yeah. like to make it a family trip too, because yeah. i think their kids are oh my god i'm gonna mess this up i'm sorry i'm sorry smelly <laughs> um i want to say their kids are i don't think any of them are teenagers yet so maybe like i think they're in like first and second grade or something like that maybe second or third I'd have to look at. I don't forget. That's such They're a all cool. eight to that's me, such a you know. Fun, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, no. <laughs> They're all eight. It's fun. Old enough to make memories. That's right. what's important. We're They're right. old enough to make memories. So they, they drove across the country, and went to the Grand Canyon. That's like so what an fun. awesome thing to do with your family. Yeah. You know? Like. And I remember doing play play that to, as a kid. You I know. I did that too. My dad would drive us to all. We used to go to yeah. Gettysburg all the time. We used, we went up to Niagara Falls a few times. Yeah. My you know,
0: grandfather, like, when I was like thirteen, took so me and my cousin. It was my grandpa, grandma, my, my cousin Alicia, and I, and we went up the whole East Coast. that's from St. Petersburg all the way up. To gettysburg St. Pete. dude
1: used to go there all the time dude
0: so sick like I, what great memories as a kid to get yeah. to see the world like that yeah. and, and it's I'm like sure. it wasn't expensive no, no they just got in a big old van and drove, just drove. that's yeah.
1: it And that's i'm crazy. sure it like you you craved more right you get oh, that little dude. travel bug oh you know? yeah yeah absolutely oh yeah after you do it you once more. you're
0: like it's like yeah. tattoos you're like i gotta gotta yeah. keep going man yeah. Yeah, gotta keep like getting traveling so i can get more tattoos i know
1: God, but, yeah. yeah, no, it's entirely like that. But I love that. I love that, that yeah. that's what it's about. I, I always encourage people to travel because, I, I don't know, in my opinion, it's one way to, to help cultures understand one another. Yeah. And it depletes racism. Yes. And it depletes yes. sexism. Yes, yes, yes. I think the more conversations that are had, the more understanding we have of other cultures, yeah. the more accepting mm-hmm.
0: we can be. And that's why Travel I think truly I wish that it was required. And in some places it's not required, but it's like a, an option. You can study abroad for a year yeah. or even a summer in high school abroad. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if that was like mandatory, like if there was a way that we could across the board, no matter what school yeah. you go to, rich, poor, doesn't matter. Yeah. I feel like everybody needs the chance to be able to go see somewhere that they're not from. Yeah, because that is like you said, how we get rid of racism, sexism. That's how we become more accepting of other people.
1: I think it's a step in that direction. I don't. I don't know that it'll hundred percent solve. Hundred percent solve. Right. It won't. I think it'll help.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Education is the number one issue when it comes to every issue. Is the lack of education. Yeah. Period. Absolutely. Oh
1: yeah, absolutely. But like, I know I like that that school requirement thing. At least, even if they don't want to do it, like at least give Give them the opportunity opportunity. to do so.
0: Yeah, and and like. It needs to be something that the state covers because like, you know, parents aren't going to be able to pay for that. You know, parents can't pay for that kind of shit, you know?
1: Just along those routes. um, Like get a grant. I was in the high school band as you were too. Yeah. And we were invited because we were doing so well in competition to perform in Disney's parade. Mm -hmm. And the band had never been to Florida before. and A lot of us, this was our first time on an airplane. Yeah. So I was. this was 2001, so I was a sophomore in high school. And what we did was we got involved in a campaign with, I think it was with Pepsi or whoever owned Hershey. I think it might have been just Hershey. I don't remember if there was like, I don't remember who. But like we would have these boxes of candy and we would sell the candy bar for a dollar and we got 50 cents and the company got 50 cents. So it's a 50-50 split. And when you did the math and figured out how many boxes of candy you would have to sell? All of that money went straight to your trip.
0: Wow! You know that's cool.
1: It was great. Yeah. So all these band kids, all around school, you know, kids want to eat candy. So we kids would sell Hershey candy. bars all day long. You know, crackles and yeah, you know, all that shit. Like all day long, we just sit sitting in study hall. Like, who wants candy? <laughs> boom, ba, boom, boom, boom. There you go. I think each box was like good for like a hundred bucks or wow. something like that. You know, that's awesome. It's like a hundred candy bars, month, yeah. something like that. So like. You got you got, you got, got 50, fifty bucks for, for every, every every box. box. So really you cool. sold whatever yeah. it was. I think a round trip flight to Florida at the time. This was seventeen <laughs> years ago. I want to say. I want to say it was like three hundred bucks, something like yeah. that. Um not bad. So yeah. you sold. Six boxes, six boxes of candy, of candy. And,
0: and you're going to Florida, man. That's your,
1: that's your trip. Yeah. And then, you know, we had to cover the hotel cost too. So sure. I don't remember that being, we were there for like a week.
0: Yeah. And um, I mean, fundraising is a great way to do that yeah. stuff, you know, like everybody gets kids involved. Buy candy. Yeah. You know, like,
1: instead of just like, here, take the money. Exactly. It's, it's like
0: you earn the money. You, yeah. you, you know, you, it's almost like working. It, for It It literally you know? is working for it. You're working <laughs> to get paid.
1: And when we, when we went, it was a blast because mm-hmm. we all had earned that trip. Now, there were some families that were just kind of like on poverty lines and we had you know grants to help them out and exactly. some of us donated extra boxes right. that we had extra money for and donated mm-hmm. that way so like that was a way for us all to like even the the playing field yeah, amongst exactly. everybody that was there and so that everybody could go and yeah. to my knowledge i'm pretty sure everybody went from the band i don't think anybody was left out i think the entire band went and we were like 60 members deep or something like that it was a lot of kids
0: yeah if you are in high school by the way or college or whatever (laughs) and you are trying to like find a way to go somewhere fundraising is a huge fucking way to do it man like high school fundraising that pays for so much stuff man i've i was in band just like justin said i was in theater I lived in the Middle East, and we got invited to go to another country. You know, Mm -hmm. we got invited to go perform and like do some workshops in another country, which was insane. You know, and that's That's like—that's a whole other type of like studying abroad. You know, going to a completely different country, which is like—I don't know—I wish it was mandatory. I just wish—I wish it was—I wish it was more accessible. You know, I wish there was a better process. More accessible it is, of course, definitely. But yeah, if you guys—if you guys want to get out and see the world, there's easy cheap ways to do it yeah absolutely just don't make excuses (laughs) stop making excuses and sitting at home and watching netflix
1: yeah when you start when you stop like making excuses about it and start doing the research if you cared enough and actually want to go sometimes all it takes is like a little flick yep you know yeah you You just need a kick in the butt here's your motivation and if and if you have questions a lot of times like there's the fear you know Mm -hmm. so they just don't know it all of that just comes from a lack of education yep And it's very easy to educate yourself with blog posts, websites, Twitter, tutorials, Instagram, you know, even people on Instagram, yeah. you know, like it's very easy to do that. Yeah. And I love that. I wish more people would do it. I'd I would see agree. a lot more faces. I wouldn't have to travel. As yeah. Before, you know? <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Um, if they ever came to visit Mikasa Tsukasa, why do you think I always yeah. keep getting an extra futon? Right. <laughs> yes, there you go, buddy. There's exactly. Your, there's your, there's your bed as as you right need, there. You know?
0: Um, Talk about, you know, deciding to step away from touring and what that was like for you after so much time of having the pressure from, you know, your parents saying, get a, I know we are on a a time constraint, but. uh, No,
1: we're doing okay. We got like.
0: It's like 15 minutes from here. so Yeah, we're fine. Cool. Yeah, so pressure from your parents to, you know, get a real job for so many years and like battling that. And now, you know, settling down, slowing down a little bit.
1: I'm certain everybody who's under 40 <laughs> knows they don't know what the fuck they want to do with their life they know what they're good at some people are easy at exploiting their strengths and making a good living some people have a drive and that's fantastic that they were able to fill it up figure it out young you know uh, go to school for what they love I went to school because it was just the next thing I didn't know what I wanted to do for a long time I wanted to be a teacher but I don't really have those dreams anymore, you know. When I joined the road, it kind of gave me an excuse to like prolong that thought <laughs> process for a little while, but also like get to educate myself about just the world, you know. Um so having that opportunity, I'm eternally grateful for because it it really kind of grew my perspective of what a life could be, you know. And when you start measuring it by experiences instead of money, mm-hmm. in my mind, I think that's a lot more valuable. I
0: agree. You know? You can make more money.
1: You can always make more money. But
0: you're right? running out of time to make experiences. Exactly. You know?
1: You know. I mean, shit, there are people still making money after they're dead. Michael Jackson making money. True. Like, Kirk O'Bain's still, still making money. Money's not going they're, anywhere. Money's not going it's anywhere. It's not going
0: anywhere, but, but you are, for experiences sure. Experiences
1: and opportunities yeah. do. Yeah. And I think it's smart to take advantage of those kinds of things, especially when you're young, when you don't have that many obligations to either. Or health issues. Yeah, or yeah. health issues, you know, because it, it can it can start to, yeah. to get bad. Definitely. Um, if you don't take care of your yourself. Um, but leaving was hard because it was something I enjoyed doing. Not everybody who joins the road gain success. A very small percentage of people do it, especially in our field. Yeah. Photography merge photography is insanely difficult to make money in general, but to make money as a living is incredibly difficult. Because tours just don't happen often enough. There are only so many bands. And those bands only have so much money, so much budget. You know, some people are able to network themselves into a way where they don't just get attached to one band. Like I did, they get a, they get a circuit of bands, you know, or, or, um, a record company or, um, just like friends of friends, you know, like they're able to kind of bleed those lines of just going from tour to tour, you know, hopping on for two weeks here, hopping off, hopping on for a week there, you know, doing a festival fly out, you know, things like that. And that's how they make their money, but that is, it's so tiring and it's a grind. I'm sure, you know, you've done this a bunch, just having to fly out back and forth and just that grind of, of having to work that hard. I commend anybody who does stuff like that. You know, our, our very dear friend Bryce is very good at that. Mm -hmm. And, um, that was something that I never, I never figured out, you know, Mm. um, do I wish I would have? I don't know, maybe, but I'm more of a homebody now these days, <clears throat> which is nice. You know, I'm getting up there. I just turned 33, so I, I'm grateful for my opportunities to have been on the road. Would I do it again? If the right opportunity came along, sure.
0: Like would. if the Spice Girls were like, hey, we really need the merch person uh, for this tour. Be.
1: I would lose my Hey, Spice money.
0: Girls, if you guys hear this, hit me <laughs> up. <laughs> I got a merch guy free. Not likely. but Not would, yeah. likely. Sorry about it.
1: That would be great. Be I would crazy. love to tour with them. You no, know, like, if an opportunity presented itself and the money was right, mm. I might do that. But for now, I'm not looking for tours. You know, now I'm just, now I just work whatever job I can to save up money to go and see my friends.
0: See? You know. And, like, thank God you toured because if you hadn't, like, you wouldn't have even thought of, like, let me save my money because then I can use it to go travel. Yeah,
1: you know? I would be buying. You'd be
0: buying beer probably. Like an
1: expensive <laughs> car.
0: You'd be not straight edge for sure. All right. <laughs> right. Yeah, um, you'd be, yeah.
1: I don't know. I mean, there's a life can be whatever you need it to be. Mm. And how you value that life is entirely based on your experiences within it some people value money and that's okay I'm not one of those people I value experiences and um, it's safe to say that those experiences can be had and can be done with help for I'd say just about anyone you know it's a lot easier today to do it anything get out there and go man
0: get out there and go talk about uh last thing we'll talk about being straight edge and staying straight edge on tour how was that being around you know rock stars bands it's (laughs) easy for for people that have like that you know dedication to it but it's definitely
1: i lost some friends in high school drunk driving accidents uh one kid od'd um on drugs and actually a the girl lived across the street from me, she OD'd on heroin. Um, probably like five years ago now, something like that. You know, yeah. so like drugs and alcohol were a problem where I grew up. a Very small town. Um, yeah. And a lot of people didn't see any other way out. You know, that was one way that some people dealt with their mental health. Mm-hmm. Divorce rates were huge. I, just about every one of my friends either had a a family that was in the middle of divorce, had already yeah. divorced or were yeah. about to divorce. Yep, know, like yep. All of my friends were going through that, you know? Yeah. Um, and being on tour, so I decided that young, just like I didn't want any part of alcohol or drugs because I had seen the sacrifices that it that it caused. I had seen the strain on my family and friends, the pain it caused. So I didn't want anything to do with that. Um, so when I joined the road, you know, some people drink. Not everyone drinks to get drunk, you know, and some people just smoke weed. Not ever, We had a very strict no hard drugs policy. It was just weed for most of the bands I toured with.
0: Yeah.
1: You know? um, and even that wasn't even that big a deal. It would just be like, you know, go and smoke, come back, that's it. It didn't, in, it didn't stop them from doing their job. Alcohol would sometimes stop them from doing their job because sometimes, you know, some people would just be too drunk to even...
0: Think straight. Why? <laughs> <Fly. laughs> you know?
1: Like, but like the people who dealt with those demons were most of them were able to, and I commend them for, yeah. for recognizing it, A, cause that's one of the hardest parts and B by just getting right, doing something about it, just getting right. Some of them, you know, just did it for their family. Some of them did it for themselves, you know, mm-hmm. some of them did it just to stay alive because they saw it as an end you know and yeah. the, you know very dear friend of mine almost had he could have lost his life and he he chose to just stop and it was one of the hardest decisions you have to have to do because your body's telling you one thing because of an addiction yeah. and your family and your friends and your heart and your mind and your soul and everything else your God is telling you yeah. everything else this is not the path for you do, do not go down this path yeah. you know <laughs> yeah so being around drugs or alcohol wasn't that big a deal for me because it was very easy for me to say no because it just wasn't a part of my life. Mm-hmm. And anybody who wanted to talk about that, I was more than willing to do so. You know. I wasn't one of those preachy straight edgers who He wasn't a militant straight yeah, edge and was trying to beat you up for I wasn't smoking cigarettes or yeah. you know, I wasn't preaching and shoving it down your throat. Yeah. You do you what makes you happy, great. I my my thing was like If you need a ride, if you find yourself stranded, do not drive. Yeah. 100% of the time, my phone was always on, always on, always on. Because if they ever needed a ride in the middle of the night, they were just too much, couldn't get a lift, couldn't whatever, tell me where you are, I'll be there. You know, do not get into a car, do not drive. Yeah. Absolutely not. No, I only have, I don't care. Yeah. Don't be that person. Don't fucking be that person. Seriously. Because it's, it's not, not just you. You're putting the lives of anybody you come into contact with at risk. And I just have zero tolerance for that. Absolutely. So that was, I was always sober driver. Yeah. You know? So sometimes it would be like, you know, we'd roll through Vegas. You know, some people would have a good time. And like, hey, you do want to pick up an extra driving shift? You know, here's some extra money for doing that. Okay. Cool. cool. That's awesome. You yeah. know, I don't mind. I don't mind doing that. Yeah. You know, as long as I get my sleep, I'll be fine. Absolutely. I'll do that. You know, you guys have fun. That was, I wouldn't say it was a sacrifice I made. I think it was just one way to just kind of tilt the scales. Yeah. That they, they could have a good time doing that. And I could make sure that my friends were safe. Yeah. You know, and that was value enough for me. Mm-hmm. You know, that justified it for me. Definitely. So being straight as on the road was very easy for me. I mean, it didn't bug me at all. Um, when I was younger, people would be upset. And they'd be like, oh, come on, man. You know, peer pressure right. and stuff. But the older I get, the more people are like, Whoa, respect.
0: True. Yeah. You know? True. Like,
1: that's happening.
0: Yeah. Often. And now like a lot of people we, you know, I guess grew up touring with or grew up watching, you know, party on the road. They're all getting sober now. Yeah. They're you all know? getting sober now. They're all getting clean sober. Cause they realize like, well, this shit's not going to last. Yeah. Is it? <laughs> the
1: party's over, man. It's over, man. I think that's great. I do too. Because, because it's influencing their music. Exactly. And they can write about those struggles, yeah. and that music can help people going through those struggles. Mm-hmm. It's a never-ending circle, man. It's powerful. It's man. so powerful. It's amazing. So, what is it? Uh, what's that quote about? Like a smart man learns from his own mistakes. A wise man learns from the mistakes of others. others. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely.
0: Well, yeah. where can we find you and your Pokemon adventure? <laughs> <laughs> Well, what uh, is he doing now? Now he's catching Pokemon. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, I started making videos again. Um,
0: they're really fucking rad, too. And I don't even play Pokemon, <laughs> nor do I give a shit. I think they're cute and stuff. but like, Yeah, other a than friend I, of mine I'm reached
1: okay. out to me um, from uh, Idaho and asked if I wanted to be a part of a project that he was building. And uh, I accepted because he wanted it to be top-tier video work, um, almost episodic in that it would be like a show. Mm. And so we started this thing called Pallet Town Passport. And uh it's a way for us to travel and make Pokemon Go videos and so sick. So I my first video I did was like a tutorial on how to take uh AR, that's augmented reality photographs within the game. How to best utilize my skills as a photographer within the very <laughs> limited resources of this game. <laughs> But still, you know, make something cool out of it. Yeah, know? Super so cool. The yeah. idea is to make, you know, he would do episodes, I would do episodes, and we might invite some other creators to be a part of the channel too. So it's a, a collaborative effort, yeah. this Palatine Passport. So I just got back from Alaska, so I got to cut that video together and, and produce that and push that out. But it's not, the, it's not content for the sake of content. It's content for the sake of um, having quality you know, so, so that's, that's our, our end game is to have just solid quality video work on on a thing called Passport. Hell Passport. Yeah. Um, so that's that's the brand right now. You can find me on Twitter at JCPix3 on Instagram at JCPix3. That's all the things, right? <laughs>
0: yeah. in the website JCPix3.com. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's
1: me. Yeah. Thank you. And then if you want to see my Pokemon photography, I started an Instagram called uh, at um, pop punk Pokemon YT. All right. That's me, bruh.
0: Thanks, dude.
1: I love you. Love you, too. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you guys for checking out this podcast. I will talk to you next week on Project Freelance. If you guys need help with anything like uploading your own stock photography, there are a bunch of links down below for that. If you want to buy some of my stock photography or videos, you can do that as well. I have photo prints for sale. I have music out. Got shirts. I'm working on like clothing line type of stuff with uh, this No Tracers urban exploration movement that I've got going on. Lots, lots to come. Lots to come. Um, but thank you for checking this out. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I'll talk to you guys next week. Later.